Welcome to the weekly podcast at Second Ponce de Leon Baptist Church. My name is Doc Hollingsworth. I'm senior pastor of this great congregation, and we're delighted that you've joined us. Our prayer for you is that as you listen to this message, you might feel closer to God and closer to God's hope for you. Our scripture lesson this morning is taken from the Old Testament book of 1 Kings. I'm reading from chapter 3, verses 5 through 12. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night. And God said, ask what I should give you. And Solomon said, you have shown great and steadfast love to your servant, my father David, because he walked before you in faithfulness and righteousness and in uprightness of heart toward you. And you have kept for him this great and steadfast love, and you've given him a son to sit on his throne today. And now, O Lord my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father David, although I am only a little child. I do not know how to go out or come in, and your servant is in the midst of the people whom you have chosen, a great people, so numerous they can't be numbered or counted. Give your servant, therefore, an understanding mind to govern your people, able to understand able to discern between good and evil, for who can govern this your great people? It pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this. God said to him, because you have asked this and not asked for yourself a long life or riches for the life of your enemies, but but you have asked for yourself understanding to do what is right. I now do according to your word. Indeed, I give you a wise and discerning mind. No one like you has been before you, and no one like you shall arise after you. Can you remember at what point it occurred to you that that one of the responsibilities of adulthood is making decisions that impact other people. Well, in our story today, this adult reality uh, hits hits Solomon in one fell swoop. The the accounts vary, but apparently Solomon was between uh, 15, 20 years old when he became king. Uh, And he was a trust fund baby of sorts. I mean, his dad was king. So Solomon grew up in the palace, he ate well, he vacationed well, he used his dad's country club membership. There are biblical hints that he might have been living the undisciplined life of a spoiled playboy. For instance, our scripture today says that Solomon is in Gibeon, which is a cultic site. It's worship on a high place, and worship on a high place is strictly forbidden. It is not the place where good little Jewish boys go to play. But Solomon's a son of the king. It's as though he makes his own rules. And speaking of play, Solomon uh, liked his women, and they didn't need to be Jewish either. 
Over time, he rounds up multiple wives and concubines, and they are from all over the place. He even marries uh, the Egyptian princess. This life is the son of a king. Fast and free, dad's Amex card, weekends on the boat. And then David dies. And Solomon overnight goes from frat party to throne of the United Empire overnight. Well, this had to be completely overwhelming. Under his father's leadership, the north and south have come together, Israel and Judah. Solomon inherits this united monarchy, but let's not get too carried away about what united means, right? I mean, it's still a a, a configuration of tribes, north and south. They're still trying to figure out what it means to be one. I mean, for over 200 years, we have been the United States of America, but United doesn't always mean united. It's not always campfires and kumbaya. So this is basically a college freshman who just became king of an unstable nation. And when God visits him in a dream, Solomon is back at Gibeon offering burnt offerings where he shouldn't be. When God appears to him in a dream, and offers Solomon a gift to, to, to help celebrate his new job. Not, not a Mont Blanc pen or a new briefcase. Instead, the Lord says, ask what I should give you. Well, Solomon acknowledges that the Lord was faithful to his father. You showed him great and steadfast love. And Solomon accepts that the divine role of kingship has now been passed on to him. But he says to the Lord, I'm just a kid. I'm only a little child. I have no military experience, how to go out, how to come in. I have no governing experience. I really don't even shave that often. And you've given me charge over a great people more than can be numbered or counted. Solomon is in utter distress over the vortex of this new responsibility that's been put on him for the welfare of other people. And most of us adults know something about what that feels like. I've been praying for our parents in this church over the last week who are right in the middle of that kind of vortex of responsibility Some of the parents in our fellowship are having to decide whether or not to send their children back to school this fall. Some some schools have declared that they're going to be offering in-person schooling. Some schools, like Atlanta Public Schools, have declared there will be no in-person instruction this fall. All of school will be online. Some systems, like Cobb County, are leaving it to parental choice. So do you keep your child home to learn on a screen, miss out with the important uh, development parts of interpersonal interaction? Or do you send your child to bump into dozens of others in the hall with the possibility of being exposed to a deadly virus? Those are big, big responsibilities. 
Some of our members are expecting the birth of a new baby, which is just so thrilling. But you've got to imagine there's at least a little bit of dose of terror about what that new adult responsibility for somebody else looks like. Some of you have been involved in closed-door meetings about which employees will not have jobs soon. Who's going to need to be furloughed? Who's going to need to be let go? Are, are, Are there some offices that we should just close completely? Do we really need the Charlotte office? Those are big responsibilities. And what happens to those who have been working in the Charlotte office? Some of those people are going to have to figure out how to do life in this new current financial reality. One paycheck when the family used to have two or no paychecks. Does our daughter need to quit college and come home now? No insurance means I can't have the surgery right now. Big, big adult responsibility. In a natural progression, it might would be time that the kids sat down with dad to tell him it's time to look at retirement homes. He's been leaving the stove on. He's been getting lost when he comes back from Target. Now might be the time to look at that transition. But do you transition a loved one into a high-density community during a pandemic? These are Big responsibilities. Solomon knew that he had just assumed major responsibility and that his decisions would have implications for thousands of people. So when God asked Solomon what he wanted more than anything else, Solomon said, give your servant an understanding mind to govern your people and the ability to discern between good and evil. And God said to Solomon, because you've asked this and didn't ask to live a long time or for personal wealth or for something bad to happen to your enemies, but because you asked for wisdom to discern what is right, I will do as you have asked. I will give you a wise and discerning mind. In his awesome responsibility to make decisions that impacted the lives of other people, Solomon prayed for understanding and discernment that he might operate wisely on behalf of other people. Wisdom, it's, it's hokmah in the Old Testament, Sophia in the New Testament, uh, Melissa actually likes the fact that both of these words are uh, feminine. Uh, Make of that what you will. But biblical wisdom, hokma, Sophia, is this combination of mental ability and skill and insight and judgment. A wise person in the Bible has the combination of intellect and discernment to thrive. One commentator said that he thinks of wisdom uh, like alignment. You know how, how when the car is just out of alignment, you always have to just tug the steering wheel just a little bit against the pull, and if you don't, you'll end up in a tree, right? So he says that the prayer for wisdom is the prayer that our lives will get into alignment 
with God's will and God's purpose so that we're not pulling off course anymore, that we'll put our soul into alignment with the ways of God. And as you well know, the human will does have a tendency to get out of alignment. In Solomon's awesome responsibility to make decisions that impact other people, Solomon prays for understanding and discernment so that he might make wise decisions for the impact of other people. Well, most of us get a little longer on-ramp to adult responsibility than Solomon did. I mean, one day he's in his late teens, he's hanging out with his buddies, playing catch and going fishing, and the next day he is on the throne of Israel. Most of us get to move a little more gradually into adult responsibility. And most of us have a smaller circle of influence than the whole united monarchy of Israel and Judah. But most of us do make decisions that have impact on the lives of others. And the stress of that is every bit as real. It might be the decision about whether or not to keep your nine-year-old at home this fall or the decision to lay off hundreds from a multinational corporation. But every adult hearing this sermon is called on to make some decisions that impact the lives of others. And when God asked Solomon what he wanted more than anything, what is your greatest wish, Solomon had the humility to ask for an understanding mind to make good choices on behalf of the numerous people in his care. Which strikes me as a wise decision on his part even before he was granted uh, the extra portions of God's wisdom. In the last months, we of a church have been praying together, remotely mostly. On Wednesday nights, we pray together on the phone line. We're praying together at other times. We prayed for recoveries and healings, that the virus spread would lessen, that the city violence would wane. We prayed for racial healing, prayed that we could be a part in that reconciliation process. We have prayed for each other in grief and loss. We prayed that we might participate more fully in God's great big love project to redeem the world. But let's add in this season our sincere prayer for wise hearts to make loving decisions on behalf of those people in our care. It is one of the burdens we should regularly be offering up to God. There is a prayer for wisdom that's selfish. That is, Lord, make me wise and cunning and sly so that in my wisdom I might have an advantage But the prayer for wisdom that we could make good decisions on behalf of others is altogether different. Commentator Thomas Blair says, Wisdom arrives when the soul discerns its destiny, when life aligns in sync with the soul. Wisdom pleases the Lord when it is not self-serving, but other-serving. 
But the search for wisdom doesn't happen casually. It's, it's not like you're in your motorboat skimming across the surface and you just reach out with a net and snatch a little wisdom on your way. Sophia lives deep under the surface. She lives in the quiet depths. Wisdom invites us, but we've got to take the time to travel into the deep place where she lives. To spend time listening, discerning, aligning. But I have every confidence that when we take the time to go deep, in the sincere search for wisdom on the behalf of the welfare of others, that it is one of God's great, great delights. May God answer our prayers for wise and discerning hearts in this important time. Thanks for joining us. If you live in the Atlanta area or visiting Atlanta, come and worship with us in person on Sundays at Second Ponce de Leon Baptist Church.